Hey guys, how are you? You guys smell that Christmas tree smell? Yeah, the AC just kicked on. That's what it is. So it's a <laughs> happy 2018. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited about this new year. Um, I feel like the new year gives me like a fresh start. I, I know it's not a clean slate, right? Because we're building on the foundation of the past. But I feel like the new year gives me like a second win, right? The, the things become clear and I'm just ready to run after and pursue the vision that is before me. But not only am I excited personally, but I'm also excited for us as a church, all right? For our staff and leadership team, things are very clear on where we are headed. And we want for all of us to be on the same page so that we can go all in together. So just like Lindsay mentioned earlier, I want you to pull out your calendar and I want you to mark down January 21st, okay? You're not going to want to miss that day. We're calling it Vision Sunday, This is going to be a significant experience for us as a church. We will celebrate what God did last year in 2017, and then Pastor Ben is going to cast vision for what's ahead this year in 2018. This day is going to be full of many surprises. We're going to reveal the whole project total on that day. It's also going to be the first Sunday. Our new worship pastor, Todd Fields, will lead, and so much more. So don't miss it. Vision Sunday, two weeks, January 21st. Got it? Got it. All right, cool. All right, so now it's 2018. We just celebrated uh, a year ending, and we celebrated the coming into of a new year. Next month, our church will celebrate its seventh birthday. It's seventh birthday. And I remember being there that very first Sunday and sensing that God was in this. And I am more confident than ever that God is still in this, and he's doing some amazing things within our community. And then... About a year later, after the church got started, I was asked to come on staff on this amazing team, and I jumped at the opportunity. So just last month, I celebrated six years of being on this amazing staff team, which is a blessing from God. But even before uh, joining the team, I was serving at Epic, and um, I actually had taught about a few times on, on a Sunday for Ben, whenever he would be out of town. And, and people who have seen me teach over the past seven years or even less, I love it when they say, you have gotten better. And I'm like, thankfully, right? Like, that's, 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 that's what I hear. But I, 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 no, in all honesty, I, I love the support that we get from our community. But the second time that I taught at Epic, we were still at the W Hotel. So it's amazing that we were talking about this, uh, what we're about to talk about back then, and we're talking about it today because it's so important. And I taught on a passage um, that will tie into this idea that we're talking about in this close, not close series. This this is just going to be a two-week series. And it's this idea of how we have this tendency to keep certain things exclusive for insiders and closed off to outsiders. It's exclusive for insiders, but closed off to outsiders. And, and, and the passage that I use, this was not a good thing for the early church, and it's not a good thing for us today. The passage was Acts chapter 10. Peter and the rest of the Christians thought that the message of Jesus was exclusively for the Jews and for no one else. That it was only for the Jews and no one else. But God through divine intervention and circumstances, wanted to blow up that idea and have the Jewish Christians of the time take the message of hope and salvation, which is found in Jesus alone, and share with the rest of the world. He wanted them to open themselves up, to open themselves up and bring the outsiders in. But that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. 
And I, and I, and I remember using this example six, seven years ago uh, about the Prince of, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Jazzy Jeff, right? What, they, had, they had a handshake that was exclusive to them. What was it? Right? right? Probably one of the best sitcoms ever, right? They, they would share that handshake with no one else. It was just for them. In my old neighborhood, the older guys had something similar. Whenever they were hanging out together and maybe a girlfriend was around um, and, and they saw another girl who they did not know and she looked pretty good and they would just make this noise, bing, bing, bing. And then... <laughs> All of a sudden, you would see all the guys' heads looking around. Where is she? Where is she? Was that one bing or two bings? Like, what, where are we looking? <laughs> Don't start using that. That's not a church thing. This is, this is in the hood. <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about. How many of you have had or have... The, this type of thing with, with just a few of your inside friends, right? It's an inside joker. It's a greeting. But it's set aside only for you and just a few others in your inner circle. Many of us have these things. And these things are fun. They're a lot of fun. They create a bond within that group that is special and tight. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had someone try to insert themselves in your exclusive club? Have you ever had someone say bing, bing, bing? Like, and like that's not for you. Don't say that. What, what, what happened whenever Carlton thought he was cool and would try to pull off the handshake, right? Will would look at him like he was crazy, like, what are you doing? And here's how this applies to us. Let me bring it back to us. If we're not careful, we can create this barrier between those who are in and those who are out, even in the church, even in the church. You see, guys, we talk about this a lot as, as a staff team with our leadership team and with many of you. We believe that one of the distinctive qualities of Epic is its dynamic community. It's dynamic community. Many people are experiencing close friendships and are engaged in growing relationships, which we love to see. But we don't want that to be static. We don't want that just to be for a few of you. We want to be open so that others can step into that dynamic community as well. Let me ask you a question. For those of you that have made this your home church and have found close friendships and family here, question for you. Aren't you glad that we were open to you when you came in? Yes. Right? And now that you are in, it's up to you to ensure that things stay open for those who are still not here, but will walk through those doors one of these Sundays. It's up to you. And it's not just about those who will walk through those doors one day. But there are people that are at Epic today who consider Epic their home church, but they haven't experienced the type of community that many of you are experiencing. They haven't been brought into the mix. And I understand that this is a two-way street. They have to want to step in. And next week, during a, ben, a portion of Ben's message, he's going to speak to them about what they need to do to come closer. But we... We, those of us who have this type of community, we need to do our part to invite them in, all right? So that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of our time. We're going to be in the book of Philippians, and we're going to read from chapter 2. So if you will, if you have a Bible, open up to Philippians 2. We're going to read, start from verse 3. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, the, verses will, the passages will be on the screen. If you will, stand with me as we read God's Word.
Philippians 2, 3. And it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You may be seated. I pray that God's word will speak to us this morning. Now, as much as I need my alone time, and as much as I believe that I can thrive on my own, there is a deep, deep desire in me to be known, to be known and close to others. I remember clearly this one day when I felt alone and insignificant. B and I were still living in Florida, so it was at least eight years ago. Um, we still didn't have any kids. She was on a trip, which was not, never the case. This was out of the ordinary. But I remember driving around that night, not knowing who to call or what to do. The one person that I spent all of my time with was away. The one person that would set up all of our social gatherings was away. And I felt like besides her, I have no one. And that was a lonely moment for me, very lonely. And I realize many people feel that way, even though we are surrounded by hundreds of people. You see, because we all want to be known and have people that we can call and hang out with and lean on. You see, but I haven't experienced that feeling of loneliness much here in San Francisco. Obviously, right, the, the pace of life is much different here. There's not much downtime. But the community that I have built in San Francisco and at Epic has been one that I can lean on and call on when there, whenever there's a need. Many of my friends, if B's out of town nowadays with the boys, I usually get invited over so I don't have to spend the evening alone, which I'm grateful because I can't cook. And so, um, but I'm known and cared for by this community. I truly am. Now, what would you think if I were to benefit from such wonderful and gracious community but never made any effort to do the same for others? What would you think? That wouldn't be right of me. As cheesy as it sounds, it's my responsibility to pay it forward. I have been brought into community, and it's my job to invite others in. It's my job to invite others in. And this image is helpful for me, this image that's going to be on the screen, it's helpful for me in depicting what I'm trying to get across. It's a group of people locked arm in arm, but making space for someone who was on the outside to step in. As a church community, people, as a church community, I want, and I believe God wants, us to be linked arm in arm with one another. He wants us to be praying for one another and holding each other up when one of us is going through a dark season. He wants us to remind one another of his love. He wants us to remind one another that we are not in this alone. 
But not only are we locked in together like this when things are hard, but we make sure that we raise our hands in celebrations in the good times. God wants us to celebrate one another's victories, to hold each other's hands up and say, I knew that you could do it, to celebrate when you get married, to celebrate when that baby is born, to celebrate when you land a job or get the promotion, to cry tears of joy when we see God do a miracle in your health or in the health of a loved one. Locked arm in arm. And we see that amazing, powerful, dynamic community happening in circles throughout our church. All throughout. And we love it. But today, today is simply a reminder to stay locked in. Yes. But be sure for one of you to take a step back and invite others into what God is doing in your circle and in our church. So go ahead and teach them that handshake. Go ahead and teach them the things that make your group unique and special. Invite them in. Don't keep it for yourself. And I'm telling you, I admit it, 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 this is hard to do. It's hard to do. Because we believe, in, in, in fact, we know, we know that by introducing someone else into the circle, that it's going to change the dynamic of the group. It will change things for your group. But as Paul says in verse 3, he writes, Do nothing, nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Guys, think of, think of this. When, when you think about community, if the only thing that you take into consideration is your experience, then that is selfish. If you are afraid of losing that bond that you share with your inner circle and it keeps you from inviting others in, that's not from God. Community can't simply be about what you get out of it. This is a heart issue that Paul is addressing in this passage. He's saying if all it takes for you to thrive relationally is, relationally is to have two close friends or three close friends or four close friends, and once you have that, you're good, there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. Because it's not just about you. In the, in the church community, we shouldn't have the mindset of the world. We shouldn't have the mindset of the world. No, in verse 5, Paul says that when it comes to our relationships with one another, we are to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The mindset of the world is one that says, I always have to look out for number one. And so if it's not good for me to invite others in, then I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But the mind of Christ, as Paul writes, is to value others above ourselves. To value others above ourselves. Not looking to our own interests, but each to the interests of the others. The mind of Christ is not that I'm number one, but you're number one, and you're number one, and you, and you, and you, not me. Not me. So I'm going to look out for the interests of the outsider and invite them into community because that is what is best for them because as we established earlier, everyone wants to be known. Everyone wants to be close. But that can't happen if we are closed. Listen, I'm thankful for the closeness that I experienced with many of you in our community. But I don't want to be closed off to the idea of others stepping into our circle. I want to be close, not closed. 
because of what Jesus has done for me and what he has modeled for each of us, my life, and what I get to enjoy in this community can't just be about me. It just can't. If you and I are able to change our mindset from being self-focused to being others-focused, it would change everything, especially for those people that we are inviting in. And I know that many of you do this. We, we wouldn't have the dynamic community that we have without this already happening to an extent. But this is about us not settling and us entering this new year with a renewed energy and focus and us saying we're all going to do this together. And I know that there's some of you here that you're here for the first time or you're still fairly new. You're still trying to figure out, is this my church? And in some ways, you're kind of listening into a, a family meeting here. But we believe that you can play a part as well. We want you to step in. We're glad you're here. And we want this to feel like home to you. This is your home. So in our context, let me show you the difference between someone who is self-focused and others-focused, all right? Just bear with me. A selfish or self-centered mindset comes to Epic to catch the portion of the service that they enjoy the most. And they judge the worship and teaching based on how it makes them feel. And if Will's teaching, it's like, it's not a good Sunday. Sounds just like. <laughs> they don't care too much about the meet and greet time. Ugh and are grateful when that moment has passed. But let me give you the flip side. A person who values others above themselves shows up 15 minutes early in order to use that time to connect with others. Not only are they looking for friends that they know, but they are vigilant to find the person that looks new. You know, it's amazing to me how early first-time guests usually arrive. Because if you think about it, they... They've never been here, so they give themselves more time to park, to find the place, and all those things. So they are usually here 15 minutes early. And we're the stragglers. Just coming. No. But they're looking to find that person that looks new. And when it comes time for the meet and greet time, if they meet someone that is fairly new to Epic, they are intentional about inviting that individual to lean into our community to step into their circle. And I can think of uh, the Nelsons who just brought in Krista and Ashley, two college students, that just said, hey, come into our circle. Come and be a part of our family. This is your home. Think about Candace and Rusty. They do such a great job of having people over. And the other day they helped me out at a first-time guest or uh, an event for people who are fairly new to Epic. And Candace is like, hey, I connected really well with this couple. I'd love to reach out to them and, and make sure that they feel at home, that they feel welcome. And those couples, they just do a fantastic job. And many of you do a fantastic job. And I believe it's, a part of it is because it's their gifting. But just because they are gifted at it, it doesn't give us who are not a pass. I, I constantly tell you guys how awkward and uncomfortable I am when I'm meeting new people. That doesn't mean that I don't have to do my part to bring others in, to make them feel welcome. Our openness to others will depend on our mindset. And, and let me put it to you another way. What, what would happen if we all began to see this place as our house, as our home? 
I believe you guys would all agree with me that there's a big difference between you going to someone's house for a party and you actually throwing that party. There's a huge difference. Your behavior, your approach is different. For example, if you are hosting in your home, you would never show up to, to your house after the guests arrive. How many of you would do that? Right? Not the thing to do. Secondly, you're going to do everything possible to ensure that your guests feel at home, that they feel welcome. Something that our family learned from the McCord family and from the Pilgrims, and we teach this to our boys, is that when we have families over with younger kids, we tell our boys, you are responsible to ensure that those kids have a good time. We want you to share all of your toys. There's no special toys. We want you to play with them because this is not about you. We are hosting them. They are our guests. And we want you to make them feel at home. And likewise, I hope you realize that this is not just Ben's church. This is not just Ben's church. This is not just my house or Lindsay's house or Minnie's house. No, this is all our home because we are all a family. This is our home. This is our house. I heard a podcast recently, and the interviewee was talking about how a better understanding of Jewish culture and background would help us in our spiritual life and in reading the Bible. What he was getting at is if we understood the times of Jesus, the culture of the time, it would help us in drawing closer to him and, and when we read the Bible. And he gave an example of what he meant. And he asked the question. He says, if you had to describe God in a word or short, short phrase, how would you describe him? If you had to describe God in a word or short phrase, how would you describe him? What would you say I know that a good portion of us would say God is love, right? God is love. Or he is righteous. Or he's merciful. Or he's awesome. We would use those words to describe who God is. And it's all true. But the interviewee goes on to say that this is a purely Western way of thinking. If you ask that same question at the university in Jerusalem, in Israel, or if you briefly peruse through the Bible, you will hear and read things like, he is a rock. God is a rock. He is a rushing river. He is a fortress, a strong tower, an eagle's wing. He's the wind in my sails. He's an anchor for my soul. It's a bit different. These are words Picture, these are word pictures that we are better able to connect with because we can visualize an aspect of God's character through these images, through what they paint. But when you hear the words like love, righteous, or awesome, for most of us, all we can visualize is that word written out in our mind. We see L-O-V-E, love. But when he's a rock, oh, that, that paints a different picture. So with that in mind, what word or phrase comes to mind when you think of the church? For me, I was like, I just drew a blank. I'm like, I don't know. It's a place that I go to. I, I think for too long, the church has been viewed as a place where services are rendered and received. We, we come to hear great music, if that's our thing, or to hear a message that will uplift us, and then we head out to tackle our week, hopefully with God's blessing and feeling better since we came to church, and mom would be proud. But again, what if we saw church as a home, 
as our home changes things. If we did, we would change. Our approach would be different. We would make sure that we arrived on time. And when we got here, we would be on the lookout to see who's a guest. We would go up to them and say hi. We would do everything possible to help them feel comfortable and welcomed. And over time, we would constantly try to invite them into the life of the church because we want them to see that this too is also their home. Epic Church is a home that God is building of committed followers of Jesus and seekers. It is in this home where we can come to know him more, be known in community, and make a difference together in the world. And it is our responsibility, each of us, to invite others into it. To invite others into it. You know, uh, we recently did our annual review as a staff, and, uh, you know, in some ways it's a formality uh, because we check in so often throughout the weeks and and months. Um, But what I like about the annual review is that it allows us to look at the entire year, to look back, and then it allows us to look forward at what we, some goals that we want to achieve in in each of our own areas. And Ben threw in a question. I don't know if that question was in there last year. I can't remember. Uh, But he threw in a question this year and he says, in what ways do you want to become more like Jesus in this upcoming year? And Minnie and Lindsay said nothing because we're there already, but (laughs) But one of the things that I wrote is that I I, want to be less selfish. I want things to be less about me. I don't want to get bothered when B asks me for a favor and inside when she says, can you give me some water? I want to say, can you get your own water? <laughs> and I, I know most of the time that comes through, but it bothers me. <laughs> because I'm selfish. Seriously, I'm selfish. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to be uncomfortable. And if you're human, I know that you're similar in that way. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Nothing at all. All right, let me give you a few practical steps that we can take to stay open to others. Number one, remember what it was like when you were new around here. Remember what it was like when you were new around here. You see, because things were unfamiliar, and when things are unfamiliar, you feel a little bit at a loss. You, you don't know how to get engaged, and, and it's tough to know how to get connected in the new community. And we try to do our best to help people know how they can take next steps, and how they can get engaged. But wouldn't it be easier if we were constantly inviting people in to the life of our church? If not only were we trying to do our best in communicating those things via email, via um, our Sunday gatherings, uh, through our website, but also there was a personal contact 
with people who are new to Epic. It would make a difference. So number one, remember what it was like when you were new around here. But number two, remember the three-minute rule. And some of you are hearing this for the first time, but this is something that we have taught for a long time to our leadership team and something that the, the staff tries to always remember and put in and practice. This is the three-minute rule. After any worship gathering or event, try not to talk to anyone you know for the first three minutes. Here's why. People who are connected will still be around after three minutes. People who aren't connected will be gone within three minutes. And we see it happen every week. I had a guy come up to me uh, after the gathering, the last gathering, and he said, I spoke to more people today than I've ever talked to before. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the point. That's the goal. Stay open. Remember what it was like when you were new around here. Remember the three-minute rule. But not only do we need to be open with those that show up to Epic, but I want us to be open... Um, we need to be this way with others who appear to be far from God. People that we have relationships with, but in, in our mind, we would, we would think they would never come to church. We are committed here at Epic to pray for, invest in, and invite the people in our lives to check out what God is doing in and through this community. We have to stay open even to the people in our lives. We can't say people's no for them. You see, we see a lot of our friends, we see a lot of our coworkers, our family members, our neighbors, and we think they would never come to church the way they live or whatever it is. We can't say people's no for them. We have to have a commitment to pray for them, to invest in them, and to invite them into what God is doing. So in your program, you have an invest and invite card. It's a square card. We want you to write down, if you will, please pull that out um, at this time. And there's also two general invite cards there with information about our church. These are cards that you can use and give to one of your friends, coworkers, or neighbors. And it has all the information that they need to come. I would say, but make it personal. Say, hey, I'll go with you. Come with me. But what we want you to do on that invest in an invite card that has those three lines, we want you to write down the names of three people that you will commit to pray for, invest in, and invite. But be sure that don't just open yourself up expecting them to come, right? Like that's your main goal. If they come, if they come, like, no. What happens is when that happens and they give us a first no, we move on. Truly become their friend, though. That's the goal. Let them know that you're with them and for them whether or not they ever come to Epic or turn to Jesus. Truly care because that's what's really going to make a difference in their lives. But here's another practical suggestion. Try as much as possible to mix your social groups. Mix your social groups. Throw a Matthew party. Be a great party thrower, all right? And this is what a Matthew party is. Matthew uh, was a tax collector that became a follower of Jesus. And it says in Luke 5 that when Matthew became a follower of Jesus that he threw a party. But not only did he invite Jesus and the other disciples, but he invited all of his tax-collecting friends and all the quote-unquote sinners of the community. He brought these two groups together, together. And uh, one of the things that I love about San Francisco is that it's not possible to remain in a Christian bubble. The majority of the people that we live or work around do not share our faith. But what begins to happen to us is that we compartmentalize our social groups. 
We have our Christian friends here, and then we have our work and non-Christian friends out there. I would say find and create opportunities for those two groups to co-mingle, to come together. It's good for everyone involved. There are people in your church community that might be able to impact the life of one of your non-believing friends in a way that you never could. Seriously. Tim Keller writes about this. He, he, he writes, There are some needs only you can see. There are some hands only you can hold. There are some people only you can reach. So we all need to play a part in this. Because there's something or someone that only you can reach. We all need to work hard in building a close and dynamic community and, the one, and one that always stays open to outsiders. And I want to close with this. Jesus and his example. Jesus set the example for us. It says in verse 6 of the passage that we read today, it says, Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Did you hear that? In essence, Jesus said, I am close to God. I am close to God. I am equal with God. But this is not just about me or for me. He thought of others. He thought of you. He thought of me. And so in verse 7, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He died on the cross so that we could be invited into God's family. That was his purpose, to give his life, to give his life as a ransom for many so that they could have life-giving community with God and with one another. You are made for more than yourself. Your life is not your own. You are a part of something that is bigger than yourself. You are even a part of something that is bigger than Epic Church. Each and every single one of us that considered Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, the kingdom of God is our home. That is our home. That is what we are a part of. And we want more and more people to enter. So let us each do our part. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your goodness, God, and your love for us. I thank you for the example of Jesus and how he stayed open, how he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but he came to serve us. And I pray that we will have the same mindset, not looking to our own interests, but looking to the interests of others. God, I thank you for what you have done in these past seven years in this community. I thank you for how life-giving it is to so many of us. But I pray, God, that each of us will do the, our part, that we will have the courage to invite others in, even knowing that things might change. But it, it will make such a difference in the lives of those who step in. We pray your blessing in this new year. We pray your blessing upon each and every single family and individual represented here, upon their um, relationships, upon their career, upon all that they do. And we pray that this will be a fruitful year where we would draw closer to you and one another and make a difference in our world. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand at this time as the band leads us in this song.